PFT Media. You are now listening to Cinema Crespediso. Chris Crespo Radio Show. Everybody likes it. Listen to his shit. <laughs> Welcome to episode 364 of Cinema Crespediso. I'm your host, Chris Crespo, chilling the Crespediso studio, doing our uh, thing. What up? It's the final episode yes. of 2019. That shit is crazy. How you doing, Drew Zikai? I'm doing, man. Good to see you, dude. We saw a movie, a long one, that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Uh, we got some grub, so mm. we're feeling sated. Mm-hmm. I had an Impossible Burger with real cheese on it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, how I Yeah, because you're not vegan. That's how I roll. You're just trying to... Eat less meat, that's all. Just slightly less and you, meat. And you still want to eat a burger. Not entirely less meat. I mean, fuck a salad. I want my meat. I want my plants in burger form. Man, fuck a salad. I had a salad last night, actually. Uh, and it was disappointing. I'm sorry. I said public sold me a bum salad last night. I had a salad night. last night, and it was awesome. Was it? Yeah. I had a, I'm had jealous a, of your salad. had a taco salad from Cafe Rio. A taco salad? That's not a salad. Yeah. Oh, no, that's dude. That's nachos in a bowl. No, it's not. No. This, this thing was a salad with a f- Full portion mm-hmm. of beef, rice, and beans on the bottom. Yeah, exactly. That's not a salad. <laughs> That's a burrito bowl. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. 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 Sounds amazing. Yeah. yeah, it was good. Man, my salad had mushy tomatoes. I was mad, mad. Oh, my, my tomatoes were nice and firm. I had mushy, mealy tomatoes. There was there was even a big old scoop of guac right in the middle. Yeah, that scoop of guac. Right in the middle. Yeah, that scoop of guac. No. I had unevenly cut carrots. Man, you... Publix needs to step up their game. What the fuck? Publix, Lakeland Fulfillment Center, get your shit together. They, they need to watch out or fucking Lucky's will take over. People love that shit. Lucky, someone just sold their shares in Lucky's, really? actually. Yeah, I just saw it online. I was like, oh, that's it. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow. They're expanding, and someone's like, I got to get out of the Lucky's game. It's like fascinating stuff. Welcome to Supermarket Talk with Chris Crespo <laughs> and Chris Chicago. We're going to talk about the business of supermarkets. What do we have on store for today's episode? Oh, ShopRite is expanding from the Northeast finally down <laughs> to Pennsylvania. We got Piggly Wiggly making big moves out in California. And is it time to say goodbye to Lion King? Chris Chicago, what are your thoughts on yep. the invasion of Wegman's goodwill going throughout the country? I don't know about any of that. Lion King's garbage always has been. Damn! That's just Cogburn. Crack whip of the week. Whip cracker of the week. <clears throat> it was a weird show already. I guess they're all weird shows. All right, guys. Because we're weird people. We're weird people. It's time to talk about something. And our listeners. I'm going to talk about weird. Our listeners. Our listeners. Way weirder than we are. Our listeners are strange, strange. These are the ones that participate in our Facebook groups and decide to uh, run. Uh, uh, unofficial official parody accounts, I guess. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> Thank you. you. <laughs> Doing Drew's work for him. <laughs> ne- never in a billion years would I've ever thought it would have been even remotely possible. Mm. Yep. And here we are. On the verge of 2020, here we are. You have a parody account. Yeah. Um, 
Let's talk about some movies that we saw. Just like Coburn, can you pull up a, a Rotten Tomato score and a box office? Well, not the Artoms. The box office numbers. For Uncut Gems, the Adam Sandler starring Safety Brothers written and directed uh, thriller. Thriller. Oh, drama. Uncut Gems came in number seven this week. Not made. Bad. Nine and a half million dollars. Nine and a half at number seven. Yeah. What was the top three? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, hang on. Because that's interesting. Uh, Nine million on other second. weekends will get you a top three finish. But not this weekend. Apparently. Do do uh ninety three percent on the Rotten Tomatoes. By the way. For uncut gems. For critics, yes. Uh number one this week was Star Wars seventy two, Jumanji mm-hmm. thirty five, Little mm-hmm. Women sixteen. There we go. Okay, that makes sense. That all those numbers make sense to me. We saw Uncut Gems, the, uh... Like you said, the Safety Brothers. Safety Brothers. Un- Uncut Gems is an interesting... Ser- thriller. Interesting search term. Yeah. Watch, watch out there on, on your on your Pornhub searches. Who? Fuck. Actually, they actually refer intact gems, Jersey Cogbert. Okay, uncut as, as is, to uncut. Yeah, they're intact yeah. gems. Okay. Yeah, it's a more gotcha. politically correct way. Yeah. Yeah. What were you saying? So like you said, Safety Brothers, tight little <laughs> crime thriller. Um, 90-something percent on the Rotten Tomatoes. 93. Uh, I pointed this out on the Facebook group. Uh, audience score of like 56%. 54. So uh, audiences are stupid, and uh, we don't deserve good art. And when we get bad Transformers movies, and th- these things make tons of money, uh, uh, this, oh, this is So why. all critics, 93%, uh, 8.37. Damn, 8.37. Top critics? Yeah. Ninety-five percent. What? Nine. It went. It goes up. It skyrockets. Yeah, it, it goes up with the top critics. So the even more discerning people are like, now this is, like, <laughs> this this is, is it. This, this is, is fucking where it's good. At, this movie. <laughs> Drew, are we going to be dissenters? Are we going to be the ones that say that this movie is not as good as people say it is? I mean, is that going to be for? Us? Are, are we going to do it? I mean, it, it is. Are we? It is on par with the other safety work I've seen. Good time. Good time was great. Yep. Same thing. It's that fast-paced crime thriller. Mm. You don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. You know, people weave in and out. You're right. Crazy things happen. Right. Kind of unpredictable. Kind of unpredictable. It. It's just, it's been so long since I've at, seen Adam Sandler do his dramatic thing. You, you mean work? And, and, and do it well? And actually do something? Yeah, act, act, and actually do something well? Right. It's been so long that that almost elevates it because he's at the fucking top of his game. Because he's doing it. You know, he, he, yeah. he's, yeah. It's a win. Halfway through the movie, I was thinking, man, what if we had, like, Adam Sandler, the movie actor, right? I know, that's what I'm saying. And did something like this on a regular basis. That'd be cool. That'd be amazing. That'd, been, that, that'd he, have been nice. Because he, he's proven that he, that, that he can in the past, and he's yeah. pr- proving it again here and now. And he's talked about it in interviews where um, the movie scared him, the the, the work scared him. Yeah. Uh, he's like, I like, get that. He's like, I gotta do a scene where I'm naked. You know, just the idea of doing that scared me, having to, to put myself out there like this he said his wife told him he'd be stupid to turn it down yeah. his wife was like you need to do and this she was movie. fucking right and she was right <laughs> she's correct yes uh, I I got to agree with the critics me being yeah. a critic myself I have to throw my hand at the <laughs> other critics and be like yes we're all on consensus this is a pretty fantastic fucking little movie man yeah. it's pretty wild um Obviously, a bigger budget than Good Time. Yes, but still a small movie. Still a fun small movie. Well, yeah, I, I mean, the I like ol- the confinement. Of I it. think maybe the only reason why it would be a bigger budget was because there were 
two people in the movie that I knew who actually knew who their names were like right off the bat. Yeah, yeah a little bit of name recognition, right? Yeah. So yeah. between Adam Sandler and Eric Bogosian, right? Between those two guys, it's like okay, like these these guys have they're not just you know they're random dudes off the fucking street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not their friends yeah. from college. Exactly. They're real people. Yeah. Um, and then uh, they had a helicopter. Yeah. Multiple locations, not just New York, but New Jersey as well. Holy yes. shit! They crossed the river. They did. Um, I mean, just the fact that they got to film in the Diamond District. I mean, how many movies yeah, have ever gotten to do that? Yeah, it looks period. wild. You get you get a, you get to <laughs> see like going down those hallways and stuff, and what it looks like there. Yeah, it's very interesting. It gives a unique feel, yeah. right? Goes, what are the a movies? unique New York feel? Unique <laughs> New York, unique New York. I, I've been activated. <laughs> um, yes, it is absolutely. Uh, that adds a lot to it. Yeah, so you have Sandler working, like you said, you have yeah. Sandler working like he hasn't really worked in a while. Yeah. You got the Diamond District, right? A unique location there. You got a lot going on making this movie feel like uh, it's standing out from the pack, making it feel like it has a reason to exist beyond just yeah. Know, someone wanted to make a movie. Like this has a a purpose to it, an energy that's that's different from other movies. That's really cool. And you're seeing like Keith Stanfield in there. He's great with the fun that scene where he's in the orange hoodie underneath the black light. What the hell? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like whoa. he glows. Yeah, that's, that's why. Like, how many hoodies do they go through to find, or how many black lights? Like, we gotta find the right one <laughs> that pops just right. The movie looks crazy. Yeah. Um, in between, you know, see, seeing him, mm-hmm. seeing, um, you know, Kevin Garnett doing his thing. Kevin Garnett's very good. Working. The, originally, when they were developing this idea, like, Ten years ago, the uh, they were writing it for Amari Stoudmire, who okay. was uh, uh, playing for the Knicks at the time, yeah. and they're New York guys, right? And then also Amari is uh, Jewish, so like that that isn't even more. Yeah. This is great. Um, that fell off. Kobe got word about the project. His people reached out. Kobe Bryant's interested. Oh shit! Now we got to rewrite this whole thing to make it fit for Kobe specifically. And L.A. Uh, yeah, and well, an L.A. team visiting New York is the same thing. Garnett was playing for Boston, right? Yeah. Um, but still, I mean, Boston, Philadelphia, all that's how far away from New York in all reality. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> and um, yeah, yeah, it's different. And the um, he then eventually. When it's a direct, and people are like, "Oh, Kobe wants to direct the movie." Oh, fuck you! Yes, I was like, "No, no, no, no." So then they had to rewrite it again. I heard there's like over a hundred different versions of this movie of the screenplay that they had written mm-hmm. over time and stuff. So it's pretty wild that it eventually did get made. It's the way it is, and man, it's uh, it's good. The, between good time and this one, this is like the the few f- movies where like as I'm watching the movie, I like I've, I'm like physically my. My head is in my hands. Like, no. What's, what's <laughs> like, what are you doing? This is crazy. Like, no, don't do that. No. Like, or like, oh, shit. This is no. <laughs> uh, like, every other, uh, when things start going good, you're like, this is not, that's not good that things are going no, good. No, no, no. It's, it's bad. Things are going to go bad. <laughs> if things start going good, then things are going to go bad. Uh, yeah, man. The score is great. Um, oh, actually. So, the score is this guy. Uh, well, he did the Good Time score. That was his first official full score. Okay. Uh, and his name was like Daniel Lopatin. Lopatin. I don't know how you say his last name, but he he goes by the one one o one o tricks point. What is, what is it? I don't know. You know what it is? No, I do. It's but something weird and crazy that I can't Let remember. I can I can pull it up right here. I have this on for me. No, I don't know. Uh, 
as I was watching the movie, part of the score jumped out to me in a very specific way. In a way that I then even went home and investigated. And now, I gotta show it to you. <laughs> I was like, this, is, this can't be, is this intentional? This has to be, is this parallel thinking? Was this on purpose? Probably. Doesn't make any other sense. More than likely. Okay, let me see where, I, where I'm at. So, um, we have here... This guy, uh, he did the good time score under the name One O Tricks Point Never, mm-hmm. which is also his like recording artist name. But then he did the this score under his normal name, Daniel Lopatin Lopatin, which is just annoying because that just means I have to bounce back and forth between yeah. different artist pages on Spotify. Okay, so uh, during some of the action towards like three quarters of the way through the movie, uh, here's a track called Windows. And, and the, it's a lot of this ding, 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 ding. and then there's also vocal stuff I'm going to jump to the vocal stuff here right now I'm seeing this running around doing shit right This is the Akira soundtrack. <laughs> this is the opening of Akira. And I jumped for it. I jumped halfway through. He knows what he likes. Come on. Dude, when you steal, if you're going to steal, do it proper and steal from the best. Steal from the best. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, probably. I mean, yeah. Uncut gems. Akira, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Smart guys. I'm just saying. Uh, I guarantee you, we're the only podcast in the country to, to <laughs> figure that out. To make that link. That's why you listen to Cinema Crest Media for gems like that. Um, Uncut gems like that for intact gems. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want the intact community coming down on me. Oh, okay. oh. Actually. I mean, we we are in America. It's gotta be kind of small here. The community, I mean. <laughs> We're wading into all sorts, of, all sorts of troubled waters here with our language, with our veiled language. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's fantastic. I'm not entirely, I'm not entirely surprised by the fifty whatever percent Rotten Tomato audience score, yeah, or the C plus cinema score. Which is absurd. Yeah. Cat's got a C plus. <laughs> Alright, so the same people are walking out of uh uncut gems being like, ugh. Like not really not liking. So those people that say that side like, would you wanna give your opinion? You wanna would you like yeah. to give your opinion on the movie? Well, I mean these are the same people who were like mother is garbage. So Yeah, mother got an F. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're so. the, they are the same people. But mother at least was mismarketed. You can at least blame some marketing for some of the well, bad. Well, I mean, in, in all reality, if, if, if someone's going to see the next Adam Sandler movie and they walk into Uncut Gems, they're going to be... Without seeing a trailer. Yeah. If you see the trailer, the trailer is 100% representational of what you get. Yes, but if you just walk up and you see, oh, Adam Sandler, I want to yeah. see his new movie. Yeah. That, that, this is not it. And then if you're an Adam Sandler fan, then I guess that means you're used to stuff like Blended and Grown Ups and you're used to... His usual, mm-hmm. and you probably didn't watch Punch Drunk Love or Spanglish, and then so then so then you're fine with um, your entertainment just being fed to you. This is why Martin Scorsese is like uh, Marvel movies aren't cinema because we have all these people out here 
who uh, are unchallenged by by Iron Man and Captain America and the Marvel movies and the Disney movies and all the big blockbusters. Uh, when they do get challenged by something like Last Jedi, they freak out. And then that's even, not even that much of a challenge. Yeah. No. Last Jedi was just being like, hey, but why don't you maybe not hold on to the past so much? No. Everyone was like, no, the past, I love the past. <laughs> um, so for people then to sit down and watch an Adam Sandler movie now that has a complicated main character with a, a crazy story that's not as like linear as you would yeah, expect no. it to be. Uh, at least in terms of like actions and whatnot, plotting, and then with an outcome that'll leave a lot of people be like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a recipe for for bad word of mouth for a fucking great movie. Yeah, very really good movie. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I want to see it again. Yeah, it's good. I like to see it again. I think it's quite good. Uncut gem, intact gems. Excuse me. Uh, so we saw that, and then see. and then we saw a hidden life. 83% on Rotten Tomatoes. 83%. All right. That's got an audience score of what? That's got to be a lower audience score. If people even I see mean, it, probably, actually. I want to see. If people even bother to see it, that's the thing. Well, have people bothered seeing this movie? The theater was almost empty. Number 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, 18, Hey, well, good, good. So we got... Very cool that we got to see one of them. Yes. That was so close to us, and we exactly. saw it. Uh, practically empty theater, so I don't know why there was some fucking woman sitting <laughs> in my goddamn seat. <laughs> Average rating 7.6. Top critics, the same. The same? Okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah, Drew, what the fuck, man? So practically empty and the audience score is 76%. Too. 76%. Probably because it's more self... Self-selecting a Terrence Malick movie, people know what they're getting themselves into when they go see a Terrence Malick. Movie yeah, for yeah, the most part. lots of wheat fields. This one, man, did like they, literal, literal wheat fields. This was so literal, so Chris, many wheat fields. Chris, we, we joke did, about the Malick wheat fields. Yeah, no, literally wheat fields. So many we, wheat fields. We watched, we watched threshing. We watched those wheat fields sway, turn, and be harvested and replanted probably like three different times. I think three times. I think we, went <laughs> we saw we saw at least three harvest seasons. Yeah. The story takes place over four years. Yeah. We saw at least three harvests. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we saw a whole barn full of fresh hay. We saw them clean it up with a little snow. We're back to the fresh hay and jumping in the hay. This movie needed it's a three hour movie. It needed at least another hour of threshing, jumping into hay. Um, and also uh, uh, struggling to till. Or oh, how about uh, ominous clouds? Yo, <laughs> it needed thirty at, more minutes of ominous timing. Thirty more minutes of ominous clouds and oncoming storms. Minimum thirty more minutes of that, at least. Gray, gray clouds, gray clouds. Uh, yeah, it's a Terrence Malick movie. Yeah. Why was that lady sitting in my seat? She's like, I were so sorry. When I get, we showed up to the theater, why? Because she bought she her ticket idiot. and decided she wanted to sit wherever the she fuck wanted she to wanted wherever to. She wanted to. And uh, so she somehow managed to sit exactly in my seat. Of all, mm-hmm. not even in the seat next to my seat. I then left her jacket on mine. And then put her jacket. She made herself comfortable, all spread out. Her jacket was on your seat. She had her fucking 11 a.m. French fry sitting right next to mm-hmm. her. It's like, get the fuck out of my seat, lady. I didn't say it like that. I was no. like, you're my no. seat, lady. We have reserved seats these days. We have reserved seats, idiot. So this doesn't happen. So this doesn't happen. 
Um, this is my church. It's Sunday. I'm here to go to church. You're fucking up my meditative, very meditative film. No. A lot of lots the, of churches. A lot of churches. Oh yeah, Fun that's another thing. This movie needed another twenty minutes of um, cameras looking up at the scenes of churches. Minimum twenty more minutes of that. And and, and some and man, archways and, and some man repainting them. I like I like the man painting. Yeah, I wanted more of him painting and philosophizing. Uh, oh, how about the guy m- milling all of the wheat and also philosophizing? Yes, every man <laughs> philosophizes and woman. Yeah. Uh, voiceover heavy what was this one. All the hallmarks of a Terrence Malick movie for sure, but this one's set in years thirty nine to forty three in the mostly in the mountains of Austria, where uh, a village of people like ninety nine percent of the villagers are like, yeah, just let the Nazis do whatever they need to do. It's whatever, and that one guy's like, like, "This is bullshit." Like, this kind of <laughs> sucks. Which I, I know some of you guys think this sucks. Do yeah. you think this sucks? Like, come on, some of you guys, some of you guys know this sucks, right? <laughs> You think it's like, don't you? Yeah, but they don't back him up. Come on, Abraham. You know what sucks, Abraham? Abraham's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, I want to milk my cows <laughs> for one more season. Um, so yeah, it's about a. It takes its time. It's this family, yeah. two point three kids, right? Wife, two point three kids, a whole thing. Mother in law, sweet, all that shit. They're farmers. Um, World War Two is going on, and they think that they're literally above it all by being in this mountain in the village. Mountains, yeah, yeah. tiny and, village in the middle of the fucking nowhere. But it's only a matter of time before the army rolls through. He's already part of the National Army, National Guards, before he gets enlisted. Uh, his allegiance gets thrown into question immediately, and he has to decide what he's going to do. And I guess the moral of the story, Joseph Cogburn, is for sure, sign the papers. I mean, just just sign the papers. You got two options, Chris. You, you sign the papers, or you deal with that bullshit. Or you deal with the uh, the Lutfatsen, the, yeah, the, yeah. the machine, or, or, or basically you you for, first you suffer uh, are tortured a lot and then die principles intact. Mm. Sign the papers. Go to your family. <laughs> sign the papers. I say they're just words. The lawyer just said they're just words. No one believes this shit. Um, it takes its time to establish the family life, the home life, and all that. And so then you can feel the absence of all of that, of his presence yeah. in the village, and and then uh, it really does like now here's him in in prison for a while, and here's her working by herself with her sister, and uh, it's funny how it is three hours and it has all the. Terrence Malick hallmarks of the wheat fields and the voiceovers and the and the beautiful sky, beautiful sky and the classical music and all that stuff, right? But of all his movies, probably going back to his last war movie, The Thin Red Line, it's got to be his most um, mainstream accessible film. Yes, because like things happen because there's like a clear through line. Yeah, <laughs> because things happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, scenes have like a beginning and an end. It's not just a collection of memories or a pastiche of images meant to establish a mood or a tone. And that's fine. You can do it all day long. That's cool. But not everyone's here for that. Yeah, not everyone's going to get that. More people can get on board with a a movie like this. A much more. Well, yeah, and especially when, you know, know, Nazis are bad, okay? You know, I mean, it sucks, too, that we got, like, now we got Jojo Rabbit. We got this. We we got to remind people that Nazis are bad and all this stuff. They even say in the movie. Uh, what's the guy say? Don't they know what evil looks like? <laughs> don't they know evil when, he, when they see it? That's what he says. Don't they know evil when they see it? And I'm just shaking my head and thinking, like, no, bro. 
Well, no, yeah, they you know? do. It's just they, they decide to do nothing instead. It's a very obvious movie in terms of why Terrence Malick felt like it's a relevant story. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Yeah. Like it all makes sense, yeah. and then the little quote to throw up at the end there, where they get the hidden a hidden life name from. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice like button. I, I was like, well, reading it, like I reread, it. I read it, I was like, oh, and I reread the second part again. I was like, oh, all right, yeah, yeah. no, sure, that's uh, actually very basically very, the movie. It's like very deep. Yeah, yeah. I can see. What, I can almost see like did he read this and that like inspired everything. Um, so I mean, it's, it's very good. It's a very good Terrence Malick film. You know, like you said, the most accessible. Yeah, because even Tree of Life was hard for some people to be like. It's just a series of someone's memories, yeah. um, and then also they really hacked up the uh, the framing device. That was supposed to be Sean Penn, like modern day, like living and working in an office and being all despondent and depressed, and then thinking about his childhood, and then the afterlife on the beach. Terrence Malick in his Terrence Malick fashion was like, you know, we're gonna cut. All of this modern day stuff, and we'll just open with Sean Penn staring at a candle, and then the flashback is the movie. Thin Red Line, you know how that was supposed to be Adrian Brody's movie? Yeah. And then uh, he shows up at the premiere, and all his shit got cut out. He got 10 minutes left of screen time, and it turns out it was a turns out Jim Caviezel's movie. So he did sometimes. Terrence Malick ran off to him on the side. <laughs> he filmed him rowing in the canoe for like an hour. He was like, This is my movie. <laughs> this is it. I found it. People are like, this guy's insane. Fuck this guy. We got Nick Nolte on a boat with George Clooney. He's like, no, no, no. I got your no, movies on a boat. Doesn't matter. On a raft in the jungle. Um, a Hidden Life was my uh, one hundo. Was my right. was my one hundo finisher. There you go. Very epic, profound way to end my hundred movies and, of the year. And right in the nick of time. Right. Boom, under the wire. Uh, it seems that way, but really, I'm coasting in there. Like, I had this thing under control from the my second year of doing it now. No. You got this. I got it, man. For for the Crespo Hundo 2020, it's going to be easy peasy, one, two, three, easy. Um, but Drew, would you, like, I mean, could you recommend A Hidden Life to people? Would you, who would you recommend it to outside of, like, Terrence Malick. Have you seen Koyaanisqatsi? Koyaanisqatsi. Because if you've seen that, you'll like this. Yeah, it's got more plot than Koyaanisqatsi. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I never did. I see. Do you like? There's sequels to that one. Do you like National Geographic specials? Yeah, especially hosted by Jeff Goldblum. Hi, I'm Jeff Goldblum. Well, how about how about one starring some German people instead? Yeah, 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 yeah. Even better. Okay, then you like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of krauts. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. Do you like it when people scream in German without subtitles? I love that. That's my favorite. I don't want to know what they're saying. Because just, everyone be else confused. is speaking English throughout the movie unless they're screaming at you in German. That was weird. <laughs> it was weird when they chose to be English, when they chose to be German. I was expecting the whole thing to be like just in German with subtitles. I'm ready for three hours of subtitles. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. We'll mix it up for you. Like, oh. oh this is but weird. in really weird ways. This is strange. Uh, yes, I am. I do want that. I do want that. So I can watch this okay, movie. Then, yeah. I should see this movie. Then you like this. Yeah, so, then, you, then you like the movie. So there's people who should watch A Hidden Life. I'm into But it. like, uh, if your favorite movie this year yeah. was Star Wars, you're not going to like this. My favorite movie was Star Wars. Oh, spoilers for our favorite movies of the year episode coming out on Patreon this week. Yeah, you, you probably won't like this movie all that much. Uh, why? Unless you have a very there's no there's no droids in the Hidden Life. No. Imagine if there was a droid. That'd be awesome. That'd be weird. <laughs> <laughs> Always an R two D two shows up. 
you're like, what the fuck? And then Nazi <laughs> just like shoots it with a Luger. <laughs> <laughs> I said no droids. It's like, damn. <laughs> Nazis ain't fucking around. You just start yelling German that he shot the droid. Um, Uncut Gems was my 98 and A Hidden Life was my 100. But 99, right in the middle, Juicy Cogburn, you didn't want to go with me. So I went no. by myself and I saw Little Women. Made uh, $16.5 million. Not bad. It's got to be very well reviewed. Certified fresh, 95%. 95%. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That makes sense. Um, Little Women, written and directed by Greta Gerwig. The I looked it up on the Wikipedia's. The seventh movie adaptation of this yeah of this book uh-huh. crazy yeah. two or three silent film adaptations one with um the first talkie was with Catherine Hepburn one of them had Elizabeth Taylor and then the 90s one is well uh, Winona Ryder I was about to say the 90s and, one is the one um, I yeah, one I remember yeah obviously the oh, yeah. generation Winona Ryder and um Claire Danes um I had not seen any of the six other versions of no, Little Women? Me neither. I, I, I mean, I know they exist, and I know the rough plot. I know the words, Little Women. I know Little, I know Women. I know you put them together. I know it's a thing. No. Uh, never read the book. No. It was never assigned to me in school. Nope. No one ever was like, hey, you should read Little Women. No. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. Let me read well, probably because you're not a woman. I'm not a woman, nor little. No. I mean, it's all perspective. Well, still. But still. No. I'm not the I'm not the um, target demographic. Thank you, sir. So going to see this because see it because it is very well reviewed. It is Greta Gerwig's follow up to Lady Bird. Well, I mean, it, and it is going to be in the Oscar awards talk for the next couple months. I mean, it's got a great cast. So, sorry, Ronan can act like a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. What's her face from the Harry Potter movies? Emma Watson. Uh, and uh, Florence Pugh Florence. from uh, Midsommar. Florence Pugh is fantastic. And she's also in uh, the trailer for Scar- uh, Black Widow. Black Widow. Yep. Correct. And she was also in that WWE movie, Fighting With My Family. I didn't see that one. I want to see it now because of her. Yeah. Uh, also, it was actually well-reviewed. Remember? It was well-reviewed. Yeah, it was. It was a Stephen Merchant movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, it doesn't stop there. It hits don't stop there, though, Jutsu Cogburn. Uh, the fourth sister is this girl who I thought it was someone else, but it's not. Um, I don't. I looked her up, so I haven't seen her anything else. She's very good. The one who plays the youngest sister, Beth. Um, the mom is Laura Dern. The, yeah, the rich who's, aunt who's is good. Meryl Streep. Uh, who's, uh, who's goddamn Meryl Streep? The neighbor, Mr. Lawrence, is fucking uh, 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 Chris uh, Chris Cooper. Timothy Chalamet is in this. His grandson is Timothy Chalamet. And um, who else fucking pops up in this thing? I swear to God, Drew, it's a murderer's row of fantastic Actors and actresses. Um, and yeah, sort, sort Bob of, Odenkirk. And yes, okay, so that's the one thing. No, that's actually one thing where Bob Odenkirk pops up three quarters of the way through the movie. He's the dad, uh, the preacher dad who's gone for most of the movie, and then he shows up towards the okay. end. Okay. Um, when they're finally like, "Dad is home," and then he walks through the doors, it's like your fucking jaw dropped. <laughs> I, I got bumped hardcore. I was like, "This turns into a Mister Show skit." Is, he gonna, is, this, is, this a joke is this now a joke? I could not take it seriously. And then he's in the movie for the rest of the movie. For the rest of the story, he's in the movie. Uh, but he doesn't have to do much. Fortunately, yeah. like I could not take him because it's Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it felt like weird stunt casting. And Chris Cooper's in it, too. Yeah, Chris Cooper's the grandfather of Mr. Mr. Lawrence. Uh, Timothy Chalamet's character's grandfather. Uh, That's great that Bob Odenkirk shows up. Oh, and Tracy Letts. 
Yes, and Tracy Letts, uh, in the trailer, he's the guy who does the, um, he's the editor. So, okay. yeah. so this is my introduction, essentially, to Little Women. I, I, oh, yeah. I don't know the story. I don't know nothing about it. So uh, it was all twists and turns for me. I don't know what to expect. Um, um, I got to say, it makes me want to like at least go back to the 90s one. I want to start going back now and seeing how other people adapted the same thing. Because, shit. It's a good movie. Mm. It's a good movie. Mm. Uh, it's all good acting. It's a fun story. It's a good story, even though it's written in the 1800s or whatever. It still feels very relevant in terms of it's all about um, domestication of, uh, uh, of women and of people and our, quote, places in society, gender roles, gender norms, uh, our different wants and desires and needs. Uh, it's, it's, it's a very, very well made. Great music. Very good music. Um, it looks fantastic. I mean... Like, damn, it looks good. A couple of shots here and there just scream Barry Lyndon's, uh, uh, Stanley Kubrick's Barry Lyndon, like just gigantic, huge, opulent shots. Barry Lyndon's Stanley I got it backwards. That's what I got backwards. There's one great shot of, um, of a Christmas morning breakfast, like an opulent breakfast table that got set up. And it, it, it just looks so, it looks straight out of Willy Wonka, like how it's so colorful and everything looks so big and fake and wild looking. Uh, fantastic movie to look at it's a little long it's 2 hours and 15 minutes but it's also adapting a lot of story there's 4 characters and the sisters and they all have like their own uh, arcs and storylines or whatever and then Cersei Ronan as Joe March like the main she's kind of like the the lead character but everyone else gets plenty of time too yeah and uh, yeah Chalamet is great in it and uh, Florence Pugh, Pugh she's great However you pronounce that. However you pronounce it. I've only seen it written. Uh, getting some... She getting some shit. Zach Braff getting some shit. There's a, a bit of a May-December romance there between Florence Pugh and Zach Braff. Interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. I mean, it makes sense to me. She obviously me. had a crush on... Uh, the dude from Scrubs. On the dude from Scrubs when she was uh, 13 years old, and now she gets to bang the guy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I get it. Good for them. I get it. Good for her. Good for her. Little Women. Quite good. Not just for women, Drew. It's for, girl, for men, too. It's for girls as well. Oh, oh. And, men, and, 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 and men, too, sure. No, guys. <laughs> Come on, guys. Get over yourselves and just enjoy a good movie. Little Women's a good movie about uh, about white women. Little white women should be. Actually, it's a very, very white, very white film. Very white. Uh, okay, so that leads to sort media diets. Finished up the Mandalorian. Ooh, that was so good. Great, great ender. Uh, fantastic. Uh, the uh, uh, ending to the show, the, the end to the series. The, uh, the, the fun little chit chat between the uh, the dudes on the speeder bikes. Mm-hmm. Fucking it killed yep. me. Dude. Turns out it was uh, that was Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally were the two. Uh, that is some of the funniest the voices. Shit. Yeah, that was right. That was just yeah, John. Just. Shooting the shit. <laughs> Which makes me be like, man, well, what could have Lord Miller solo have been like? Idiots. <laughs> nope, we want Ron Howard solo. No, you no, dummies. No, we don't. You dummies. Y'all fucked up big time. Yeah, man, it's like super well done. Now, everybody, you know, all the characters came came back yeah. pretty much for, all, for the most part. Yeah, I like how they tied everything in. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm liking... Uh, I hope, I'm hoping. Yeah, they setting up that Cara Dune is going to be because uh, she's like Grief's 
Slight, I mean, it's a dumb TV show, guys. Don't get bent out of shape. you finding these to be spoilers or whatever. But uh, she's like going to be Grief's uh, enforcer. Mm-hmm. So you know they're going to pop up now as a duo every now and then in yeah. season two. It's going to be cool. Great setup of Giancarlo Esposito as Grand Moff Gideon. Yes. The, the big bad guy for season two. Yep. Um, the, uh, the final shot when he, when he busts out, he cuts himself out. With that fucking laser sword it, it's a dark saber man yeah. <laughs> it's a fucking dark saber it's a black lightsaber but not a black lightsaber but it's a black lightsaber it's a dark saber right. thing looked fucking gnarly yeah looked really awesome. looked really cool he was great i like how his character like knows everything he's no. like, it's like i know he knows all, what's going on i know all your real names i know, <laughs> I know who from. you are i know where you're from and i know what you're doing yeah he blew, <laughs> he, he blew up all their spots in that one scene like in front of each other like damn it <laughs> mando finally got his mask taken off but but I'm not alive. He's not alive. He's not living. <laughs> so perfect. So that was the one day they had Pedro Pascal on set. <laughs> Pedro, we need you. He's like, damn it. I can't do this from the booth. No, we need nope. you. Like, All right, I'll show up. Do I get to hang out with Baby Yoda? Yeah, yes. sure. We'll bring Baby Yoda to the set. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> um, yeah, man. It's, uh, it's really fun. A bummer that we're going to have to wait. I mean, it's kind of standard, like, eight to ten months. But we're going to have to wait till fall yeah. for a season two. In production, in production now. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, they don't even have a release date yet for the Obi-Wan show. No. So that not, might not be till 2021, which is crazy. And then all the Marvel, all those Marvel shows don't start until the end of the year either. So yeah. now we got a gap until we get some good um, D-plus original stuff. Yeah. So be it. So be it. So I might just have to cancel for a couple months. Save, save some of that cash. I pay for a year's in advance. Just <laughs> I pay for a year in advance. <laughs> they got you. They got me good. They got me really good. Uh, Mr. Robot. Oh. Watch that. That that one got me good. Ha! That one got me good. That last two hours. What in the fuck? That was wild. That was a wild ending. uh, You know, for a second. That had me thinking for a while. For for a second. When I was watching the second last episode, I was like, man. It would be crazy if, like... It's really all in his head, like. Well, all of it. Not all of it. It would have been a cop out of all. Well, no, no, no. But I was like, "There's got to be, there's got to be something else to this." And then when big thing happened, it was like, "Yes." And it's fun how they also, and and again, guys, uh, for this one, for next couple minutes, you haven't been following the show. None of this will make sense. Yeah, just skip forward for a couple minutes. No, before about spoilers. Let's skip forward for a couple minutes. Um, but we're not going to get too deep into this right now. The um, I like how they teased. And at first I was like, this is the direction they're going in. They teased that normal Elliot is baseline Elliot. Yeah. That's baseline reality. And hacker Elliot is a figment of his imagination. And he's someone that he drew. And all the people are people in his life that he drew... And then Hacker Elliot, they just found a way to bust out of the simulation to end up in that world. So he's a, he is a figment of, of this normal guy, this totally normal guy who yeah. dreams about uh, this hacker he's lifestyle. Got dark side. But then really, when he's like, what do you want to trade places with him? He's like, no, 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 I'd rather have my own boring life. No. It's very funny how they tease, like, this is what the reality is. Yeah. <laughs> but then they're like, no. No, but it's then, not, though. turn it all around on you. I'd be like, oh, no, this is some sort of like that. He's like, because of the whole thing where because of the earthquakes, because they can't, that yeah. world can't sustain two Elliot's. Uh, 
Like he gets to kill him. He has opportunity to yeah. kill him and, and try to step into his life. He's like, you can't step into his life. This is this is all this, this isn't real. This is all <laughs> made up. And then the, the gradual reveal of that. Yeah. And he has to like, explain this is explained to him twice. Uh, and, like Krista shows up, like a version of Krista shows up. Yeah. And, and it's funny how, like they're just like fuck it, fuck all the rules. She's like she looks right at the camera and she's like, it's time that you know, and she gets the camera and they are fucking, they want to know too. Yeah. And, and at that moment, I was like, yes, thank you. <laughs> like the show knows, like when they're making the show, they yeah. know that by this point, it's just like fucking tell us already what's going on. Yeah. And yeah, the huge reveal that it's like, it's the whole time it's been like a, a another personality, this is what this associative identity disorder. Yeah. I wonder, so, they did the thing where they like show clips from throughout the series to make it look like the the, the, the clues were there. Now were the clues there the whole time, or were they just like finding a way to redcon stuff? Like along the way, they they figured out we're gonna go this you, route. You, right? I mean, you're gonna have to rewatch the whole fucking series to find well, that out. For Chris. sure, gonna rewatch the series, but like, I want to know if when Esmeral started writing the show, he's like, I want to write a show about a, a man with disassociative yeah. identity disorder. Like, I want to, and the person who is questioning his reality and makes up his know. reality as it goes you, along you have to talk to him um okay fine well, well give me one second <laughs> go talk to mr esmail pull out skype right here let me see uh sam esmail at skype.com uh yeah man like when uh when he reveals and darlene is like i knew i knew you're some fucking that's why you yeah. recognize me i knew you're some fucking weirdo yeah. uh identity you know, i knew i knew you were one of his many <laughs> But we were like getting closer. It's like, oh, it's yeah. so sad, darling. <laughs> it's so sad. They got a f- had fucked up life, dude. Um. So then I like that. So it ends with um. People pointing this. Out, I read this. So it ends with Darlene saying hello, Elliot. Like yeah. you're in his point of view. Yeah. He said the show started with Elliot saying hello, friend, talking to us. Yeah. So that's a nice book end. And then I like how um. Uh, what was I gonna say? I, was gonna, uh, I forgot. I forgot what I was gonna say before. There's just so, there's so much going on. Mm-hmm. Here. Obvious Stargate 2001 Stargate. Oh yeah, that. that was like very direct. All, yeah. all the bits of the show going through with the M83 outro uh, song yeah. playing. It was like all oh, it's funny. <laughs> it's like come on, man. It's also ridiculously perfect. Um, but I could also see in some people like not being happy with it. Oh, you know what I liked? So I like that when he does wake up and real Elliot wakes up at the end. It's I'm pretty sure it's apparent that the um that whole thing with the machine turning on, the ultimate universe, all that was yeah. all like in his head type. That's what was in his head, the ultimate in his head. And uh, the averted meltdown, uh, Z- uh Zane killing himself. Like, all the events of the show really did happen. Did happen, yes. So, like, Angela's dead. Oh, yeah, all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Philip Price is dead. Yes. Uh, So, the show wasn't then invalidated. No. Which is cool. Not in any way. Uh, But instead, it all led to Elliot's growth to be able to uh, uh, deal with his own personal trauma. And then the final message of the show being the whole thing where, you know, he has a long soliloquy about how... So you can't change the world, mm-hmm. right? But if you stand true to yourself, then maybe you can, the world you can force the world to change around you. That yeah. type of thing. All right, so it's a nice summation of of everything here. I see how it all comes together yeah. very, very nicely. Um, it's just very smart, well written, well done show. You know, yeah. I feel like we don't get enough of these. No, we don't. Especially four seasons. Yeah. That was four. Legion was what? Three. Three. Come on, guys. No, two. When to fold them. 
two of the best shows on TV recently. Uh, recent years, right? Come on. They knew when they called quits. Uh, that was some really damn good stuff. So anyway, Mando, Robo, Little Women. Oh, what you watching this week? Uh, well, I mean, Christmas was last week, so yes. obviously I watched Die Hard because yeah. it was on every goddamn channel. Oh, yeah, that's true. On Christmas Day, like... On the TV, I just had it off and on. Yeah. I was watching, uh, I watched them at Die Hard, It's a Wonderful Life, um, Christmas Story, and uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Okay, so during on Christmas Day, for my Christmas stuff, I watched Die Hard because it was on TV, sure. Die Hard 2 because it was on TV. Nice. Uh, the night before because it was on TV. Nice. Yeah, and, it was on TV, yeah. And then I put on the Long Kiss Goodnight because I could. Hell yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight. Uh, I watched it like a week ago. <laughs> Great movie, man. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so Christmassy. Long kiss, good night. Yeah, that's on. Uh, that's on Netflix right now. I, I I also watched the score from from ninety one. From ninety one, the one with uh, Robert De Niro, Ed Norton, two thousand one. Yeah, two thousand one. Yes. Uh, was that your first time seeing it? Yes. What you think? It wasn't bad. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Just like okay, right? No. Like, like it should have been a lot better. Yeah. Well, I, especially with the people that were in it, right? I think it's Brando's last movie. Yeah. Um, I saw that in theaters with the Ron B. Long B. Jingle Wood. And I remember walking out of the theater and being like, oh, this should have been better. That was disappointing. Yeah, that, was, it was. that was a bummer of a mm-hmm. movie. Uh, but in recent years, so I sort of wanted to rewatch it. Like, is it better than I remember? Maybe no, it's, it's better. Not. It's not better than you remembered. You hear it tell me. No. 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 It's not, <laughs> okay. it's not better than you remember. Thanks, thanks for saving me the two hours. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate and, it. And uh, I also watched uh, a fun little documentary on Amazon called Chris Claremont's X Men. It's basically just the story I of. Still Claremont. C L A R E M O N T. It's basically just uh, the story of this the comic writer Chris Claremont and his fifteen year run as the X Men writer. Wow! So he, he wrote the X Men for fifteen years straight. That's a long time. Yeah. Damn. All the stuff that everyone what, what, what loves. Eighties, seventies, eighties, nineties. When? Uh he started after Stan Lee was done. So we're talking. I think he picked it up and like. The late seventies, okay, and did it through up until Jim Lee took it over in the nineties. Okay, so you know your Dark Phoenix saga that yeah. was Chris Claremont, mm-hmm. your Days of Future Past that was Chris Claremont, wow. like all the big character development that went on in the X Men. Yeah, it was all done by him. So then, what's the what's the documentary about? Then it's about his life personally for well, no, a while. No, so or? it's basically just so it's it's it starts off with. You know, the birth of the X-Men, Stan Lee, mm-hmm. the X-Men, mm-hmm. and then Chris Claremont takes over. Right. And it's basically how hit, you know, how he just like took the reins of this comic book that wasn't selling very well mm-hmm. and made it the number one selling comic book in Marvel history. Oh, shit. Chris so, Claremont's X-Men. Yeah. On, it's on Amazon Prime right now. Amazon Prime. Like, worth it? Like, definitely. I mean, if you're a comic book nerd, yeah, totally. I was about to ask, like, is it worth it? Uh, is it? Do you think it would be compelling for anyone? I mean, or do you have to be a Marvel person, so the X Men person? So, so the documentary really isn't made all that well, sure per se. Yeah, but if you're interested in you know the way things work and yeah. how things were done, the business of the, it, this, that, the other, and mm-hmm. you know if you want to know more about the people who made these stories mm-hmm. and why they did the things they did, mm-hmm. then. It's very informative. So it's better, and inter- it's better for informational purpose than is necessarily like it's a really well made movie. Yes. Yeah. That, that happens with documentaries. That's like one of the genres where uh, the content of the film for sure can override the actual uh, style, the form of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets to a point where when a, 
a documentary is like stylized. I'm like, I'm like, like, hey, cool. I'm like, my hands like, I am in. So yes. I get information and fun for the eyes and, and entertainment. Like you realize you're making a movie, <laughs> not a 90 minute fucking PSA about how you make uh, Q-tips in a factory. Yeah. No, you're making a movie. Yeah, yeah and it's only cool. 70. It's only 71 minutes too. So oh, barely, it's, nice it's not even a feature length. Yeah. Okay, but. At but, over sixty minutes, good for hundos. But but it's nice though because uh, it it was made in twenty eighteen, so it, it does talk about uh, his influence on the uh, X Men movies cool. and on Legion because he was the one who wrote the Legion storyline in New Mutants oh, back cool. in the day. Very so cool. so it touches on all that. Yeah, that's very nice. All right, Chris Claremont's X Men. Oh, okay. Anything else? No, that's that's some good stuff. Christmas movies, the score, Chris Claremont's X Men. Okay, well, look, we need to take a break. We got a couple emails to read, all right? And then I got a bunch of uh, movie news stories, a whole bunch of them. It's stories that that have been accumulating for like the last two weeks, Drew, and that we just couldn't get to. So some of them are old, but they're still good. If you say so. I do say so, just like your mama's meatloaf. Old but good. No, no, it wasn't. No? No. My meatloaf's way better than my mom's ever was. That's what I'm saying. It's your mom's meatloaf. Yeah, it was gar- uh, my mom's meatloaf was garbage. Mm. It really was. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Shout out to Juicy's Mama's Meatloaf. We're going to be back with the second half of Cinema Crossing So in just a moment. All right, we are back. Welcome back to Cinema Cross with So I'm your host, Chris Cross. How you guys doing? I'm chilling. Drew's a guy. How you doing, Drew? I'm doing. Uh, on the break, Drew, he was just on some rando website. He pointed out to me a sub. A sub, like, maybe you also like to read this. They showed me the header. What did the headline read? What did it say? Uh, did Uncut Gems uh, sample the Akira soundtrack? So. <laughs> we're, not the, we're not the only ones. We're not the only ones that noticed, Chris. Or you're not the only one who noticed. How about that? Uh, no, my discovery is our discovery. That's how this works. Let's see here. So let me send you a couple emails that we got. You can email the show, cinemacrespediso at gmail.com, and we will read it on the show. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, cinemacrespediso, on Twitter, at crespodiso, and then join our Facebook group, Cinema Crespodiso. Um, Patreon.com slash So Sign up for our weekly shows. We put out our worst of 2019 this week. That was a lot of fun to talk about. <coughs> Big ups to Cremella, one of our patrons, for coming up with the idea. It was the first time, Drew, that we ever did a worst of episode. We normally just relegate worst of to a small section of our best of episode. But he was like, you know what? Just do a worst of that. Just do it. And we did. And you're like, you know what, Cremella? You pay the monies. So you get the honeys. Here we go. Here's a sweet, sweet bonus episode. So sign up for patreon.com slash crespity. So to hear that. And then this week we're doing our best of 2019. And then in that best of 2019, you best believe we're doing a best of the decade. Daunting. Yes. Daunting. I, still, I still don't even know how to start. Um, go to Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. And then do like a top 100 for each year. Uh-huh. That'll give you a really good idea. Okay. 
Okay, that's yeah, why, yeah. That's why. Actually, no, yeah, that that would be a good way to do it. That's why I did. Because I, but I, I was just gonna go year by year through Wikipedia and then no, pick and choose. Yeah, drive yourself crazy. Doing and that. then I was gonna come and then talk to you about it to make sure I didn't miss anything and be like, no, that wasn't on the list of Wikipedia. Sure, sure, yeah. No, <laughs> no Rot- Rotten Tomatoes it. Okay, there you go. Rotten Tomatoes, twenty ten to twenty nineteen. Because we have the belief that if the year if it ends in a zero, it's part of the decade of the new decade. Yeah. Right. Twenty twenty is not part of the twenty teens. No, it's part of twenty twenties. Duh. All right. All right. I know that's why was... it's called the twenty twenties. Twenty twenties. I know there wasn't a year zero, motherfucker. The first decade only had nine years. Ha. Ha. <laughs> Trying to think about that one for a second. It's worth some out like that. I don't know. Time's relative, you idiots. We're all gonna die. That's why I got from the Terrence Malick movie. We're all gonna die anyway. Just sign the papers. Um, Trista Cogburn on Twitter. I am Chris Crespo on Twitter. That's about it. Antihero419 on Instagram. Uh, Steve.etchy at gmail.com. Uh, email him your favorite dick pics. I prefer Nixon. Okay. Yeah. Good for you. Those are my favorite dick pics. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> let's see. What are we going to do? Let's do... Um, we got some emails. So let's read them. We'll do the emails. Drew's a Coburn. Take it away. What do you got? got? Emails from Camilla. What's up, Camilla? One of... Um, oh, I'll just read the, this one first. Ooh, okay. I was feeling inspired by your worst of Patreon episode, so mm. I decided to finally watch a movie largely regarded as one of the worst of all time. The Love Guru. Mm. This movie has everything. <laughs> Ice hockey, double entendre acronyms, Ben Kingsley playing a cross-eyed guru, dick jokes, Vern Troyer as a hockey coach, booger jokes, more dick jokes, a running joke about Mariska Hargitay's name, funny characters, names that are puns, a Val Kilmer cameo, an attack rooster, Justin Timberlake with an oversized dick speaking with a French-Canadian accent, elephants shitting, ice hockey, John Oliver and Stephen Colbert, more acronyms. Ben Kingsley farting and pissing uh, a one-on-one battleship with piss-soaked mops called Stink Mop, gospel singing, child abuse, prison rape jokes, diarrhea jokes, a Bangkok joke where Vern Troyer punches Mike Myers in the dick, more hockey, Celine Dion performing, even more dick jokes, Vern Troyer faking a heart attack, elephants fucking on ice between hockey periods at the Stanley Cup Finals, Mike Myers and Kanye West making a cameo together in The Hockey Crowd. Mike Myers covering Gangster of Love with an Indian accent playing a sitar accompanied with a Bollywood dance routine and Deepak Chopra. You can find this streaming right now on Netflix. I forgot Deepak Chopra was in that movie. I never watched it. Um, Love Guru on Rotten Tomatoes. 14% Rotten and Tomatoes that score. would be why. Out of 174 reviews. Um... Ooh, audience score, much higher. 33%. Oh, it's still really bad, Chris. Much, much higher. Much higher. Got another email from Carmella. Carmella, why you do these things to yourself? Uh, yeah, I never saw Love Guru either. Um, pretty much did end Mike Myers' movie. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's like, now it's like Austin Powers 4 or nothing, Mike. Nothing. He did the TV show. 
Oh yeah, he did that weird TV the, show, the where, Gong Show, where he was still he wasn't even a himself. character. He was still a character because, like I said in the past, I think we've decided that he hates himself. He hates right? himself so much that he yeah. has to play a character. He can't be himself yeah. anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is a bummer because it's the best movie. Maybe so. I married an ex murderer, featuring himself and also himself playing characters. Heed, paper. I'm three movies away from completing from completing my hundo with two days to go in 2019. Hell yeah, baby. So I could use a little pep talk slash motivational speech from Chris. Since Chris is well known as the rich little of Orlando, I'm he- hoping he will do it as one of his famous characters. Personally, I'd prefer Australian Santa Claus. However, Bane, Jeremy Irons, Sylvester Stallone, or Michael Caine would be just as good. Also, I was hoping to get 20 to 30 seconds of ASMR of Chris gently running his hands through his beard. Thanks, CND Media, and happy new hundo in 2020. I tell you, I think it's unbelievable of all the names you say that you want to hear from. You don't want to hear from me, Arnold, because I'm here now, and I think it's, I think it's just amazing that I'm here, and we can be together, and I can tell you can do your hundo, and you terminate the fat, and you are the kindergarten cop of your own ambitions, and this is the sixth day where you are the end of days of your 2019, and I'm so happy to be here. Ay, 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 why, ay, ay, uh, three way you can do it, buddy. Only a couple. Actually, he's, I I saw him post on Facebook today. He's like slogging through Marriage Story as he put oh. it. So, poor guy. I don't want your hundo. <laughs> I don't want your hundo to be a slog, guys. The hundo's supposed to be fun. Okay, I'm, I'll emphasize this next week because next week will be the official Crespo Hundo 2020 launch. Right? Uh, maybe there's too much emphasis on actually getting to a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you just trying yeah. you don't have to actually make it like if you watched 70 quality movies or 60 quality movies or like 100 shit movies still i mean like it's a better hundo just, just think about that like you watched 60 movies last year that's right. a lot of movies that's a lot of movies yeah just be happy watching some people are like uh and i and i really appreciate the people who finish their hundos like at the end of the year they're still posting like in their 40s 50s 60s like keep doing it because that's still a lot of movies yeah. man you're doing great i mean even if you only get to 52 that's one movie a week that's which a is i mean if you're a busy human like the rest of us that is respectable like you're doing it you're putting in the work at a movie a week uh two a week gets you to 100 and uh, you have to actually you know put in the effort to that yeah exactly so um but like some people they just he watched some of the worst movies. I'm like, you have a hundred years of cinema. Like we've been doing this now for a couple of years, right? Um, I don't know if I've seen anyone do a single. I think today I saw. I swear to God, this is what makes me think of it. I think today I saw someone post for the first time an Akira Kurosawa film. Hey, there someone, you go. Someone watched Seven Samurai. Like, <clears throat> where are the classics at? You know. But then my also my list of classics that I have actually ended up watching has been low too. Well, it's because you've already seen them. They have to be new. They have to be new. But there's still plenty of classics I haven't seen, though. Like, uh, my original Hundo, I ended with Casablanca. No, I ended with Lawrence of Arabia. Both those movies I finished uh, because I hadn't seen either of those. Like, this is a great way. This year, my last ten, they were all new movies. It just so happens that there are a bunch of new movies this year. Uh, right around this time of year. You know what I'm saying? I mean, shit, I was trying to make Uncut Gems, Intact Gems, excuse me. I was trying to make Intact Gems my one Hundo. Uh, couldn't quite Didn't make it. Out. Couldn't time it out. Um, Terrence Malick movie about Nazism and nationalism run amok in America. Oh, I mean Austria. Um, it will, will have to suffice for for one zero zero. Um, Carmela, can you get to hundred by the end of the year? Absolutely, absolutely, you can do it. Stroke the shaft, cup the balls. Say my name. And he wants twenty to thirty seconds of ASMR of you running your fingers through your beard. 
Oh wait, or your hair? Hang on, I don't remember. Uh, no, through your beard. Um, that's for the um the twenty dollar. If you if you pay twenty dollars a month on Patreon, you unlock the ASMR tier. Okay. So thanks for thanks for the Patreon plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, for for ASMR fans, if if you want to specifically request uh, Crespo hair related ASMR, uh, that you have to unlock the twenty dollar Patreon tier. And this is just Crespo related because I'm not doing that shit. That's weird. Yeah, absolutely no, no one. No. I'm I'm the one with the beard. You you got the tight goatee. You'd have to like rub the the mic on Gross. your actual face. Gross. Yeah, we're not doing that. No, but I can give you a little bit. Here's the tease. That's all you get. <laughs> now, now you can loop that if you want and cheat me out of my money. All right, go ahead, Drew. Oh, is that, is that, that for it. emails? All right, what's up? What's up? Thanks for emails, guys. Send me across me, so gmail.com. Uh, okay, we got some movie news stories. Huh. Such as, for example, did you know that the story happened in which... I'm still pulling it up here. <laughs> in which this thing, it happened. And I'm going to tell you about it right now. So this made me laugh. James Cameron, uh, when when Avengers Endgame made like two point whatever billion to beat Avatar to be the worldwide all-time grocer... Uh-huh. He was like, this is fantastic. I'm super happy for them. They're my friends over there. Plus, it just proves that money can still be made at the box. All those people still want to go to the movies. It gives me hope for my Avatar sequels. They'll still be able to make movies, et cetera, et cetera. He was very, very happy about it. Now, for some reason, he's all like, all right, let me just read this quote. Um, Someone asked him. Well, basically, what's happening, Drew? Let me just cut to the chase. What's happening is to prime people for Avatar 2 coming out this Christmas. They're going to re-release Avatar we're 1. We're doing an Avatar re-release, which is par for the course. It only makes sense. I mean, it has been how long? A full decade. Okay. So, remind people. Why did this? Why was it so popular to begin with? Mm-hmm. Go see it in 3D again. But like, oh, yeah, that's right. This was actually... This is actually kind of special. Um, now, here's the funny thing. So... And Avengers Endgame already had there. Remember when they tacked on some bullshit yeah. uh, extra scenes and had their re-release like mm-hmm. right away? And that's what they did to even push past Avatar to begin with. Uh, Cameron had a quote here talking about uh, Avatar's ability to pass Avengers Endgame to reclaim. I'm talking about the first Avatar to reclaim the number one spot. He says, I think it's a certainty. But let's give, let's give Endgame their moment. And let's celebrate that people are, are going to the movie theater. But then he goes on. Um, they beat us by one quarter of 1%. I did the math in my head while driving in this morning. I think accountants call that a rounding error. hi I mean, how dismissive. That, that goes from like, this is an amazing achievement to it's a rounding error. They, <laughs> they barely squeaked by us. And it's true. When you look at the final numbers, it's crazy how close they are. Let me see if this article actually put them. Um, Avatar, with this re-release, if it makes $7.9 million worldwide in its re-release, it's number one again. Oh, there we go. That's all. That's all it needs. It might be able to do that. I think a very, very easy shot. Put enough marketing behind it. Do it at the right time, the right weekend. It could do that. It could do that in a weekend. 
Um, but also helps that it hasn't been in theaters since it came out. No. It's not like they've done re-releases since then. People still go to that Pandora shit over at Animal Kingdom. I still haven't been. You want to go? Maybe. Okay. <laughs> uh, Maggie Smith. You know Maggie Smith, right? This lady, this old lady. That old lady, Maggie yes. Smith. That old English lady. Mm-hmm. She was in Downton Abbey. Okay. As well as Harry Potter. Yes, she was. What do you think was her opinion of those two roles? Her two performances in those movies? I am deeply grateful for the work in Potter and indeed Downton, but it wasn't what you'd call satisfying. I didn't really feel I was acting in those things. Uh, End quote. She, I, I, it seemed like she was just there and British. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Maggie Smith's been around for a long time. She's like super acclaimed, an amazing actress of stage and screen. But they didn't, they, um, then again, they didn't ask her to do much, it seems. At least not in the Harry Potter movies from what I remember. She's just, yeah, she's just a she's teacher. She's just there. She's just a teacher lady. Yeah. Downton Abbey, she's just a rich lady. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just found it funny. I wanted to pull that uh, to her most popular uh, roles and performances in the last uh, half century, for sure. And she's like, yeah, it wasn't really working. Um, are you a big fan of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids from 1989? I mean, there, there is probably some sort of nostalgia factor if I watched it again, because that was, you know, around the time where I was, we said 95. Yep, 90, so, 89. Oh, 89. So I was, yeah, I, I was fucking seven. You were a child. Yeah. Yes. The idea of a giant Oreo cookie. No, what was the what was the giant thing that they the was like, they they jumped into or whatever? Yeah, it was like a cookie cream. It was like I think it might have been an Oreo. It was it an Oreo? No, like, they went face first in that cream. Man. Yeah, they did. They had that big old ant. Yep, I was so that thing scared me. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, and then they did Honey. Uh, I blew up the kid. Yes, the sequel. Then Honey, We Shook Ourselves, where the parents all got shrunk. Yeah. Rick Moranis and all of them. Uh, I bring it up because they're bringing it back. Drusa Cogburn, bringing it back. We're doing a remake, a reboot. Okay. Um, I guess more of a reboot. Sure. This article calls it a legacy quill. I mean, in all reality, I mean, it's been long enough. I could see that becoming fun and popular again. It has been long enough. I think so. And maybe do an emphasis on uh, fun props, big old props and stuff like that. Make yeah. it Try not to make it look too CG. Could work. Yeah. Um, and then I think they're doing a... Excuse me. I think the reason why we call it a legacy sequel is because much like this Ghostbusters Afterlife movie, it's like, well, the next generation of this family. So yeah. uh, Josh Gad is uh, in talks to play the next level, the next family generation of Zelensky's. Okay. And uh, it's also looking like they found a director, Joe Johnson. Joe Johnson, um, just Hollywood working man guy. He did Rocketeer back in the day, October Sky. What that was like Jake Gyllenhaal one. Remember that one? Captain America: First Avenger. He came in with like a month ahead of uh, shooting on the Wolfman when um, Mark Romanek left. And he, like, picked up the pieces on that one. Uh, so we'll see. Honey, I shrunk the kids. Interesting. Coming. Coming. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's convinced a Kill Bill 3 will happen. Maybe his final movie. Okay. That may be it. Maybe Kill Bill 3. Obviously, what everyone expects it to be is, remember, in Kill Bill, uh, Kiddo kills um, Vivica A. Fox. Yep. 
but then the daughter sees. Yep. And she's like, hey, if you still feel raw about this in the future, come, come find me. Come get me, yeah. Let's do this. <laughs> That's your sequel, right? Yeah. Now, there's also... Could be. Part of the lore, it's not in the movies, but part of it was in the screenplay, and then it got cut. Also in the first movie, Gogo Yabari. Mm-hmm. It's the, the Japanese girl. With the, the ball and chain thing. Yes, with the, yeah, the ball and chain Spiky ball. Thing. Spiky ball. Of course, a classically named Spiky ball. Um, she's, a, uh, she's got a sister. Okay. The Yabari sisters. And there's supposed to be this whole other thing about a sister looking for revenge and shit like that. At one point, Tarantino was even talking about like, oh, yeah, that could be a stage play. Because, you know, he talks out his ass mm-hmm. all the time. Um, so it could be it, it could incorporate that. It could be Go-Go sister coming for revenge, too. Also, yeah. it could be all these people coming together looking for revenge on a, on a Beatrix kiddo. And then her daughter would be grown up by this point, too. Yeah. You know, that could be fun. Anyway. Not going to have it. It's Tarantino's last movie. We'll see. We'll see we, what he does. We will. Or or maybe we won't. All depends if he makes it or not. Right now it's just speculation, Chris. It is speculation. Um, I found this fascinating. Marvel TV is shutting down. Okay, so how's that going to work? Well, over at Marvel, yeah, Kevin Feige, right? And he was doing the MCU, the movie stuff. And then he had a whole other Marvel TV division. Okay. They were doing Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, Ghost Rider was under their purview. Um, what was this one? This uh, this one that's on Freeform. That's like meant towards like preteens, teenagers. Oh, God. What's it called? Lock, not Lock and Key. Is it Lock and Key? Anyway. Um, all that TV stuff. And then even, I think, also, maybe they were working with Netflix. I was about to say the Netflix stuff. The Netflix stuff, right? Okay, so all of that stuff was Marvel TV. Okay. Uh, But then recently, Kevin Feige got named overall creative Marvel head honcho. Ah. Like, yo, Feige, you now in charge. You run this shit. You run everything now. Like, oh, billions of dollars in revenue, you run everything now. Mm -hmm. Um, As a result, he developed the Loki show, the... Falcon and Winter Soldier show, WandaVision show, all these shows that come out on D+. Um, Ghost Rider at Hulu got killed. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. canceled. Netflix shows, we saw those get canceled already over the last couple of years. Yeah. Now it's official. The whole Marvel TV division, gone. It's it's now just Feige world. Huh. It's Kevin Feige land. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's overseeing the movie stuff and the TV stuff. And it's actually the first time since Marvel's been doing any of this. The first time movie and TV have all been under one umbrella. Well, there you go. I mean, probably for continuity's sake. Part, they, they probably just want it to run so they can, if mm-hmm. a TV if a TV character gets popular enough, they mm-hmm. can make a movie out of it. Yep. And then if a, a, a movie character gets unpopular enough, they can relegate them to TV. Yep. Or they can just use them as supporting to, yep. or whatever. Uh, to make other stuff work. Yep. Uh, apparently, like they learned with the Hulk, apparently he's the best supporting thing you can do. You can't make a Hulk movie, so you're just going to have him supporting other stuff. Uh, WandaVision, Doctor Strange is going to be in WandaVision, and that's going to lead to Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Those two things are linked for sure. Yeah. Everything now is going to be linked in a way that when they did Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., then they had Agent Coulson on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., made it seem like, oh, all this stuff's going to be linked together, but it really wasn't. Yeah. Um, now it really truly will be linked in a way that's going to be like, God, this is exhausting. 
Yeah. Wait a minute. I don't understand this part of the movie. Well, that's because you didn't watch season three, episode two of this fucking weird ass show that nobody watched. That could be a problem. <laughs> that could be a problem. DC getting away from that now. They're to the point where they're like, we don't even care about our own in movie continuity. No. Everyone like Chris Pine and Wonder Woman. We'll bring, bring them back. back. We don't give a shit if we killed them in the last one. We'll find. It's a comic book. We'll find a way. We'll come up. We'll come up with some nonsense to bring them back. Should have just cast somebody else. Give you something new. Yeah, but then in the trailer, the joke where he's at a, an 80s modern art museum and, he's and he stops into the garbage can yeah. and she's like, that's a trash can. And, and he's like, oh, like his whole, re- all of that, his reaction to stop when he looks at it, the reaction when he finds out he's wrong. I'm like, okay, I'm on, I am now fully on board the Chris Pine train. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't a fan of this guy at first, but he's got me now. He's good. He's got me now. Um, let's see here. What's I have a number of stories here, but I'm not doing them all because uh, you know some of them are like I mean, why? What was I even thinking at the time? Oh, but the story's funny. <laughs> so the U.S. Army, true, mm-hmm. right? They are worried that humanity has become biased against AI weaponry. Uh, yes. The U.S. Army just released a new report last month titled Cyborg Soldiers 2050. Please no. Colon. Human slash machine fusion and the implications for the future of the DOD. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This report. So so which dystopian future is going to come true first? Now, here's the thing. (laughs) First, the report, uh... Is a year-long study to determine, quote, the potential of machines that are physically integrated within the human body to augment and enhance the performance of human beings over the next 30 years, end quote. Uh, blippity bloppity blue where's the part that ties to us specifically. The, the study says the U.S. Army will have to deal with bias against robot-human hybrids because of the anti-technology media we all consume. The wording of the report is particularly interesting and appears to have its own biases, blah, 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 from the report. The workshop participants unanimously anticipated that state and non-state adversaries will seek to use U.S. deployment of enhanced warfighters to undermine U.S. interests and stigmatize the DOD as unethical. Yes. Report continues. Mass media, including films and literature, is also a known stage for demonization of cyborgs from Frankenstein to the Terminator. The message is often that technology's integration uh, with the human body robs the human spirit of its compassion and leads to violence and grave unintended consequences. However, fiction can also reflect imaginative applications for technologies as well as real concerns with those technologies. For these reasons, fiction can be a powerful tool for engaging the public in discussions of bioethics. Trisha Cogburn, start expecting Michael Bay movies featuring robot-enhanced super soldiers that are actually, it's all good. It's all fine. You know you know how we get, like... Uh, We've got some of that stuff already. The, Have the, had it for a while. Right. Well, expect an uptick in that now, because if the DOD for sure wants to start like really integrating more AI and more cybernetics in I mean I just watched defense. Uh, I just watched upgrade. I saw a ghost in the shell. Well, yeah, okay. Those all <laughs> are about the bad side. I'm saying expect the flip, the Michael Bay flip version. The good side. Where at the end it turns out Terminator's fine. Yeah. You know, oh 
He's the, the hero. The movie starts with, you can't trust this guy. But at the end, they're like, oh, yes, we can trust him. Just because he's AI enhanced or whatever. No, we can. And the reason why I'm using Michael Bay as an example is because he's a military fetishist. And he gets full participation from Pentagon and all them because he gives them uh, final say in his scripts in terms of like the military, the use of all that stuff. All right. And then in turn, so expect, they let him use like uh, so ex- uh, all their best equipment. So, so expect Ryan Reynolds to be part cyborg in 12 Underground? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's an R-rated one. It's got to be a PG-13. Okay. No, because that's a thing. The, the DOD, they're going to want, the Pentagon wants positive portrayals. They want good Robocop. They want Robocop, but like without the uh, satire. But it doesn't work without the satire, Chris. They don't care. Then, it, then it's just a really scary robot. Yeah. <laughs> nah, but they want to dispel the scariness. But you can't do that because it's a robot. Mm. They'll find a way. <laughs> Let me guess. The, the Levitt have one human hand. Oh, they already tried that one. That did not work. <laughs> what, a, what a hunk of shit that was. Um, Trent Reznor has been scoring a lot of movies lately with his buddy Atticus Ross, right? They just mm-hmm. did the Watchmen soundtrack. That was fantastic. One of the best parts of Watchmen. They did the soundtrack for the movie Bird Box, a teaser or hint of our worst of 2019 episode. True Chicago, you never saw Bird Box. No. Um, but they did a score for it. Reznor Ross, right? Here is Trent Reznor's quote on making it. He says, we got immersed in it. It felt like some people were phoning it in. And you're stuck with a film editor who had real bad taste. That's kind of our barricade to getting stuff in the film. And the final icing on the shit cake was we were on tour when they mixed it. And they mixed the music so low you couldn't hear it anyway. So it was like that was a fucking waste of time. Then we thought no one's going to see this fucking movie. (laughs) And of course it's the hugest movie ever on Netflix and quote. Uh, So for the record Trent Reznor said. Let me see. Just just to go back. Trent Reznor on doing a score for Bird Box called it, quote, a waste of fucking time. Yeah. <laughs> and also called the whole experience a, quote, shit cake. Not mincing words. No. Reznor Ross. Obviously does not give a fuck. Obviously not expecting to work with those people again. They're pretty secure in their position in the, in the industry <clears throat> to be like, this this bridge here. Burn, burn it. Burnt. You burnt bridge. <laughs> Torch that motherfucker. Consider yourself burnt. We'll, we'll just go back to this Fincher Bridge over here. <laughs> he does go on to say there's no animosity on our end. It's just frustrating when you do that much work and it's gone. We were proud and they were proud of the movie that it was. So there you go. Still being a little, little um, uh, diplomatic there. So we, say, we got, we got that. We did that story. We did that story. Um, Zack Snyder really wants this um, his Snyder cut to come out. Well, I mean... Everybody seems to be behind it. Not everyone. Warner Brothers doesn't seem to be behind it. Well, I mean, <laughs> that's kind make, of important. They make the final decision. That's so. kind of important. Yeah, his 214 minute cut of uh, of Justice League, which is um, that's the first of a trilogy. So it would have been Man of Steel was never a part of a planned thing. So that technically technically does not count in no. the Snyder. Um, uh, DC verse, uh, yeah, the Snyder, uh, his game plan that he wanted to do, but it was revealed that at the end of his Justice League trilogy, 
his Batman, uh, Fat Fleck, was going to die. So he was planning on killing Batman in his in his movies. Cool. Obviously, that never happened. Meanwhile, Henry Cavill out there standing hard as fuck for Superman, still trying to be Superman. Does not want to let that get go. No. He Good wants, for him. He wants to keep doing it. I say let him. I mean, as long as he looks the part, he I'm looks, totally okay with he, it. He definitely looks the part. We've seen him now in multiple movies. Even in bad Superman movies, he's, he still looks fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I say, come on. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. I'm more than fine with it. Give me more gavel. Give me less fat fleck. Well, obviously, we're not getting any more fat fleck. Mm-hmm. We got uh, Wonder Woman. Aquaman 2 is happening, for sure. So how long do you think... Uh, and the Flash is happening, How long sure. do, you th- do you think it'll take before they call start calling him Robert Battenson? R-Bat. Yeah, man. I mean, it's happening already. It's the internet, man. It's the internet, man. It's happening already. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about some trailers because I mentioned it last week, but then we ran out of time. So I want to talk a couple of trailer things that made me laugh uh, or interesting. For example, uh, it struck me more what bothers me about that Doolittle trailer because I keep seeing it. Mm-hmm. Like because uh, Little Woman is a PG film, mm-hmm. so they show a lot of uh, you know PG family films. Um, and Doolittle comes out uh, my birthday weekend, yay! So, so they're pushing it hard now because it's only a month out. Have you seen the trailer for it? Yes. Okay. First off, it's got this like weird faux, like weightiness to it, like it's trying to be like this epic. Oh yeah, but it's not. But it's like at all. But it's Doctor Doolittle. Yeah. Right. But it's like the music's like this huge epic thing. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to be afraid. I don't like Robert Downey Jr.'s whisper acting. It's okay to be afraid. I I know you. The whole time he's whispering. The whole the whole trailer he's whispering. Um, there's a moment in the trailer towards the end where the music then is like, and it kind of like rings out for a second. And and Doolittle, he he like walks him out his the front door and he stops at his door and he looks and it's like the shots from inside the house and he stops and he looks around and, and he's like looking and it's like ah and then he walks out the door and he closes the door and it's this big moment that feels like this is the scene that happens at the end of a trilogy, but it's in the trailer yeah. like I'm supposed to give a fuck like he's like oh yes this house so oh, yes and now I leave it's like oh man every everything about it. Scream is no mm-hmm. to me. Everything about the the, the setting, yeah. like the older setting. Of I don't. It, I don't want to see it I, at all. I, I, it's not that I don't want to see it. I don't. It's not that I don't want to see it. It's that my body physically wants to run away from it. <laughs> okay. okay. So you're getting a real visceral I'm, reaction. I'm getting really visceral. Like everything about it's like no. Every mm. decision is a no, no, no. Um, except maybe Jason Manzukis has that fly thing. I'm just saying. Yeah. What the fuck? It's just Manzukis. Um. That tennis trailer is pretty good. Yeah, tennis trailer is awesome. It's pretty good. It's pretty pretty intriguing. There. I like the forwards and the backwards. Going forwards, and, uh, going backwards. And oh. it, did it, are they running up the building or did they run down the building and now are going backwards because they're going forwards? What? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I saw. I saw. Man, it's funny you say that. I saw on YouTube someone did. Uh, I'll show it to you if you remind me before you leave. It's fine. Uh, Someone. I'd rather be just excited by the movie. Someone ran the trailer footage backwards, like the trailer, yeah. like it, it's like the same sequence of footage, like the building, the, yeah. all that happens. 
but it's all run backwards. So they, they he does like gather his shit and walk over to the edge of the building and then just drop down. Yeah. And they're like, wait, what? You're like, what? Wait. <laughs> exactly. Because it... Yeah, it's like so many things that like <laughs> they work in both ways. Like, wait, what? Yes. I, I'm looking forward to it. And then things like still to confuse no matter what direction I mean, they happen the, in. <laughs> the, the, the scene where he's sitting there and one train's coming towards you and one train's going away. Yeah. And then they do like a glitch thing and it's just like, yeah. like that could be at any, it's like. Oh, well, the first man. time I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, that train's going back. That's weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, exactly. Well, well, well when, he's doing, like, oh. when he's doing pull-ups on the boat and all the boats are going backwards. The first and it's time like, I saw the trailer, I didn't realize the boats are going backwards. <laughs> I was like, the first time I saw the I saw the boats going. I'm like, are those like, boats what? going? Like, what but he's yeah. and the shots made so it looks. But wait a minute. Yeah, because he doesn't have like any weird hinkiness to him. So there's for sure like trickery where he's like in one like in normal speed. It's weird, man. Time runs out, Chris. Time. Time is luck. That's a Michael Mann thing. Yeah, dude. Is that Tracy Letts too? It's hard for me to recognize Tracy Letts because he's just like a bland white guy. He's like a big bland white guy. He's fantastic. He's in Little Women because he's fantastic in Lady Bird. He he plays uh, Cersei Ronan's uh, dad. Yep. Um, Fantastic playwright. Man, a weird playwright. He wrote Killer Joe and Bug. You look at this guy, you're like, hey, he seems like a really nice guy. He seems like someone's dad. (laughs) This guy seems like someone's really nice dad. Here, look at this script. He's like, I wrote this script. What's it called? Killer Joe. I go, okay, let me read this. I go, Mike, this man's a psychopath. Stay away from my family. Stay weirdo. Um, uh, I like the new um, Top Gun Maverick trailer. I like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's really good. I think the flying stuff looks amazing. And... uh, I can't believe it's Joe Kaczynski. I'm like, oh, of course it's Joe Kaczynski. Yeah. This makes sense. It's a Tron Legacy guy. Yeah. Of course it is. He was a David Fincher acolyte, which isn't necessarily that great of a thing, because so is Fred Durst. That, that Fred Durst movie, The Fanatic, is on uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, hey. I want to watch it. Yeah. I think maybe. Morbid curiosity. I think now now that I got a couple days here uh, at the end of the year, where uh, like it, it, it would count towards my, it's like Hundo Plus. Yeah. I could do it now. <laughs> I don't want to waste a hundo spot on a Fred Durst movie. You know what I mean? Like, I hated for it to be my first. The first of my hundo. And the first of my hundo for 2019 yeah. was, was Bird Box. Yeah. In, in hindsight, it's yeah. like a, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> an ominous start to the year. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other new trailers. that The Wendy trailer was good. Yes, thank you. The um, Ben Zeitlin... Who made a big splash with Beast of the Southern Wild? That's already like, I was still doing SBK Live Collins. Yeah, when that movie came out, a long time ago. That's a long fucking time ago, and uh, he hasn't done anything since then. And here he is back now with another movie about uh, kids and beasts. Yep, an- another magically realistic movie. I'm into it. Yeah, no, it looks it I'm, looks great. It looks really good. No. And then it's also another thing where it's like I don't give a shit about Peter Pan. That whole, the whole Peter Pan story, and no iteration has ever interested me in me in my life. Yeah. Like the original, the Steven Spielberg's Hook, any of the Peter Pan um, uh, adaptations we have in recent years, none of them have ever interested me. But this one, it's like, oh, okay, it's a, now it's more. What is it? Uh, 
poetic, visceral, yeah. in your face. Uh, I like when he's like the old men are on the ship. Like yeah, I was the, about to the say, real lost, lost boy. No, exactly. You know, it looks like it, it looks more like Peter Pan meets Lord of the Flies. Yeah, Lord of the Flies. <laughs> Lord of the Flies. You know? Yes. Yeah, it looks good. Yeah. Looks really good. Ben Zeitlin, I think this guy's name. Yeah, that, that looks good. Wendy looks good. Um, and then we got uh, Doolittle's a big one for January, same weekend as Bad Boys for Life. I can't wait. Oh, I'm so pumped! Yeah, I'm boy, so pumped for that it's gonna be so good. Uh, hey, at least you get you get like a boss and underwater. Oh, what else do you get? You get something else too. It's like, yes, <laughs> uh, I mean, underwater has potential. The trailer for Underwater is at least good. It's a pretty good trailer. I'm bummed that's a PG-13 movie. But yeah, me too. I, I guess since everything's underwater, it's hard to do gore because then it'll just wash away in the water anyway. Yeah. All right, I could cons- okay, it's fine. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Uh, I just rewatched Lethal Weapon 2, so it's like, okay, 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 okay. A lot of, lot of Joe Pesci in there. Um, oh, you know what I'm I'm almost done rewatching Because all this, I got all this new stuff I need to watch. All these new things, all and these you, shows, and you're and you watch what, Zodiac for the hundred billionth time. Oh God, I wish I'm halfway through season two of uh, Twin Peaks again for the, for the fourth time. Fourth time, it's such a good show. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, Chris, I love that show. Um, I guess that's it for trailers. I, I thought I had more trailers that I wanted to speak on. Apparently not. Apparently not. It was, it was really just a. The Doolittle one flummoxes me. <laughs> flummoxes me. Well, we'll see how it does at the box office. It's an absolutely, absolutely no end, I have to say. Uh, well, okay, there you go. That's it. That's it for the episode. We are done. I think it was an um, amazing. This episode was amazing. Thank you so much. It was unbelievable. I'm also happy for you to be here. Vote for me if you want to live. Uh, thank you, Juice the Cog, but you, no, I appreciate you're it. You're welcome, Arnold. And you are welcome, you listeners, for this week's show. It's a free show, so you should be thanking us. That's how that one works. Uh, and Patreon. Time for the Patreon. That's good stuff. I mean, if you want to hear more great impressions like that, you know. <laughs> That's where they live. Over at Patreon, you got Bane, you got Werner. Uh, no Werner Herzog this week. Rest in peace. Uh... What was, it, what was the name of his character? Didn't he have a crazy name? Mm. He was just like the client? I keep dropping my pen. I the, think. <laughs> the, the world is pain and chaos. Now show me the baby. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> I want to see the baby. Now I want to see the baby. <laughs> yes, we have the child. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, it was one of the... Things that made the Mandalorian so fucking fantastic. Great casting, great casting, great show. Um, totally, totally, totally into the Mandalorian. Um, it, it's keeping my love of of new Star Wars stuff alive. Yeah, I mean, let's just hope this. Obi- Man, I'm like, first, let's let's just hope this Obi Wan Kenobi show is just a fucking wandering Ronin movie. I got, I got, you know, I'm gonna have some faith in it based on Deborah Chow, this chick who's already done some work on this show. Her being the the behind that one, I'm gonna put some faith in. It. Plus, Ewan McGregor, they ain't fucking around. They went and got Ewan. No. All right, Ewan's a man. I've never not liked him. He's been in movies I haven't liked, but I've never not liked him. I'm looking forward to seeing him as the. Uh, the, the hopefully the scene chewing bad guy in Birds of Prey. Yes. He plays one of the masks, Black Mask. Yeah. Just a crime lord guy yeah. who wears a crazy yep. mask. Uh-huh. I hope he gets to wear a mask in the movie. But at least we get to see uh, the hyenas. 
the hyenas were a thing that uh, in the cartoons, that right? Joker used in the Batman the animated series. Right. Yeah. So in this <laughs> one, yeah, she, she gets a she gets a hyena. Yeah. yeah which a, looks like fun. She gets a pet hyena. The trailer's bonkers. No. It's a wild looking movie. I hope it's good because it looks crazy. No. It looks crazy. I've been saying it for a while. DC has a string of hits on their hands if they don't fuck up. Birds of Prey, Aquaman 2, Wonder Woman 84, uh, they're all going to be hits. Rumor, rumor mill, this is Rumor Central. I got your fat control right here. New Mutants trailer coming soon. So they're going to release it? Yeah, like they're going <laughs> to stick with that April 2020 review. Wow, uh, it's actually coming out. And like some people are, are, are psyched for this new trailer. So it's coming out. Yeah. So the movie's not dead in the water. Not even dead in the water. Like, some people are pumped for it. Wow. Like, they may think it actually, it's not It's not sitting on the shelf because of the stinker. Interesting. It's just bad timing. Yeah. Marvel may still be able to do something with it. We'll see. We will see. I'm fascinated. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's it for this week's show. That's it for this year, for 2019. So final thoughts for 2019, Juice Cogburn. I want to say big ups to all the people who point out that a decade supposedly ends on the year zero. Where would we be without you? Also, shout outs to Long Island Ice Teas. I haven't had one in years, but I have all the ingredients apparently. Maybe I, maybe I have one soon. Uh, Drew, anything you want to say to the decade? No. No? All right. We are out of here. Drew, thank you. Welcome. We'll be back in 2020 with 365. Damn. That means people can listen to one episode a day for a year. Not including bonus episodes. Sad existence. Sad, sad existence. A PFT Media Production.